Father, we gather this morning to honor you, to worship you, to hear from you. We thank you that we can do this, that we can be together as a body of believers, and that we have a government who allows us to do this unhindered. Pray your blessing upon Lauren as he preaches the word this morning. May you strengthen him to deliver the message you have laid upon his heart and directed him. Pray that your word would be alive in our lives, that we would accept the message that you have for us, that we could be strengthened and encouraged by it, and may you draw us closer to you through your word this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Good morning and welcome to each one this morning. Welcome to our service and we're glad that you've chosen to worship here with us this morning. As I'm guessing most of you are aware, today is a special day in our country, um, the day that we honor um, our mothers. And so I'll be looking at a few things with um, definitely an emphasis on motherhood um, or, or takeaways from mothers, but I also have these principles will apply to each one of our lives, and I think there's something here for each one of us. <clears throat> Today I'm very grateful and thankful for all the women in our lives, um, regardless if they're, you know, my mother or not. You know, ladies have a great ministry among us. There's many details and things that they take care of that we as men take for granted, and we're grateful for that. He do a great work amongst us. The impact they have on the future of our own personal lives, our communities, our nations, is very great indeed. And we, especially as we consider the deep relationship that a mother has with her children and the impact that that has on their life, is definitely going to have a big impact on the future generations of our world. So we value that influence. We're grateful for that. And, you know, especially as I think of my, my own mother, my grandmothers, you know, and also my wife is an amazing mother to my children. So I'm thankful to God for that this morning, and I just want to bless each one of you ladies here this morning for the positive influence you've had on my life. For the scripture this morning, I've chosen to read um, a passage from Psalms, and I was holding my breath a little bit this morning. I heard Chad say Psalms. I thought he said 27, but I wasn't sure. I thought maybe he had picked the same chapter because I picked Psalms 127. So we're going to get a double dose of Psalms here this morning. And then the, uh, the little classes, their verse um, looked like a good theme verse for the message too. It said something about building, building with the Lord. So, and that's you know, some, what I want to look at this morning as building our lives on God. So let's read Psalms 127 at this time. Starting in verse 1, Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh but in vain. It is vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows, for so he giveth his beloved sleep. Lo, children are an heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. As arrows in the hands of a mighty man, so are children of the youth. Happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them, they shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with the enemies in the gate. So 
looking at this chapter, there's three principles that I want to take away from this this morning. And the first one that I want to look at is build with God. As we look at that first verse, it talks about building a house without God being involved in that. So we need to have a firm foundation to build our, our life on. And it doesn't matter if we're a mother or who we are, we need a, some guiding principles in our lives. And if we don't have guiding principles to guide us in life, we will be lost and our, our building will not stand very well. <clears throat> so we need a solid foundation if we want a life that endures. You know, as you think about it, for you mothers, if you want to leave a legacy with your family, we have to have a solid foundation to build on. And that solid foundation needs to be a real personal relationship with Jesus Christ and allowing him to transform our hearts into his image. You know, as we see and consider the life that Jesus lived in Scripture, he lived um, with the heart of a servant. Even with his position that he had in heaven, he was willing to come down and humble himself to become a servant to us sinful, broken human beings. Even though we had not yet loved him, he was willing to come and serve us. So, you know, you as mothers, if you can receive that spirit of service into your heart, it will guide you as you build your home and nurture your family. You know, another part of that foundation is the scriptures, the teachings of God. As we absorb the teachings of God into our hearts, it brings clarity to our lives. You know, if we're familiar with God's word, that will give us a clearer vision how we should respond. You know, some days when your children are trying your patience, maybe they've spilled the grape juice for the third time that morning, and you're just at your wit's end. Um, the scriptures can guide you in having the proper response. Maybe we can be more gracious when we realize the grace that God has bestowed on our lives and the many ways that God you know, has, has been there for us. And he teaches us that through his word. So we need to have um, a good foundation through a personal relationship with Jesus and knowing his word. You know, our children will very quickly sense uh, where we are at with that. You know, they're very close to us. and they, They're with us each, each day and they see our, our failures and also our strength. You know, and it's difficult for us to share the love and grace of God with our children if we haven't experienced that first in our lives. And our children also learn by our example. You know, that was one of the, probably the scariest things pretty soon after I became a parent was I would observe my children doing things, and I'd be like, uh-oh, I know where that just came from. <laughs> um, but that can also be a good thing, because if we emulate Christ, um, that's a good example for them to follow, and that's how children learn well, is through our example. So it pressed upon my mind the importance of me living a godly life and a godly example. And also, your influence is multiplied by your children. The, you know, if you... If you teach them kindness and graciousness, that can spread to your community, through your family. And I think Ken shared a great example of that this morning, a mother willing to share her daughter with a community and leaving an impact in this community. But also, I just want to challenge you children to realize that um, your mother is also, um, she's also a broken human being, so don't expect perfection and I was challenged with um, something I heard a child psychologist say recently, 
And she said that probably some of the deepest wounds we will ever uh, receive will most likely come from our parents because we have such a close relationship with each other. So just, you know, children, just be um, mindful that your mother isn't going to be perfect either. You know, there needs to be grace from us as parents and also from us as children. We need to offer grace to each other. You know, this responsibility can look overwhelming at times as we look at this, you know, task that God has, has given us. But we can depend on Jesus Christ for, for help with that. In John 15, 5, he says, I am the vine, and ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth more f- much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. So there we see the importance of being connected to Christ. As we are um, connected to him, we can have life, and then we can share life. But without Christ, it says, we can do nothing. And so we need to recognize it is the Lord who gives us the things and the opportunities that come our way. You know, yes, we need to do our part, but it is God who shares that with us. And then, um, as we look in 1 Corinthians, Paul talks about being laborers together with Christ. God is willing to work with us. And that really blessed me, the thought that Almighty God is willing to work with us um, humans, broken humans. He helps us to build. And Paul was referring to the church there as he was talking about laboring together with Christ. He had talked about um, the other apostles and how some had laid the foundation and some had watered and, and then some were there for the harvest. So we're all working together for the building of God's kingdom and our family is an extension of that. We have Christ as our master and guide, and he wants to guide us as we are building this house. So our challenge this morning is, how are we building our house? What is the vision that we have for our house, for our family? And, you know, as a mother, for you to consider this morning, are you living in such a way that you will reach the goal, the vision that you have for your family? And then the second principle I want to look at is rest in God. And in Acts from verse 2, it says, It is vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows, for so he giveth his beloved sleep. And as I was looking at that verse, it says it's vain to rise up early, so maybe my dad shouldn't expect me too early tomorrow morning. <laughs> maybe he'll be milking the cows by himself for a while. But I don't think that's what he's saying. But I think as I studied this verse, and, and I had to meditate on this a while to... to you know, to, to see maybe what he's trying to say here. But what I take from that verse is, you know, we can, you know, we've heard the expression, burn the candle at both ends. And here it's saying that is vanity. And there will be times in our life where maybe we will have to do that. But at the, but at the end of the day, that is all vanity. That will all fade away. And, you know, in 50 years, or 100 years, whatever time frame you want to put on it, you know, the, the effort that I put into my job, it will all be gone. Does that mean I don't do it? No, it doesn't mean I shouldn't do it. But I think it helps us to keep it into perspective. It says that it is vain for us to do those things. There, but I want, what I want you to take away from it is that there are things that are not vain. There are things that are not going to pass away. You know, it says to eat the bread of sorrows. You know, the bread that we eat, the food that we eat at our tables, that has been earned by hard work. There's um, the ladies, they put a lot of hard work into um, 
putting that on the table and sometimes you hear the comment, you know, you spend all that time making that food and it's gone already, you know. There's some sorrow with that. Um, there's a lot of effort and, and even, you know, maybe there's more of an emphasis on um, eating healthy nowadays than there, there had been at some point in time. But we can eat as healthy as we want and then someday we all are going to pass away. So I think the challenge there is for us is that we need to... Um, we need to share the food that is eternal with our children. We need to um, not forsake the work that we need to do that's in front of us to do. We don't forsake the physical food, but we need to keep it in perspective. And um, we need to share the, the, uh, the eternal um, food with our children. We need to share the living water and the bread of life, Jesus Christ, with our children. And that will give us eternal life. That is not vanity. It will stand forever. As our, we saw in our um, Sunday school lesson this morning, it said in those, that passage, Jesus said, my word will not pass away. And so that is not vanity. Um, that will never fade away. And I just like the idea in that verse of rest. You know, that verse gives us an idea of, of sorrow, of getting up early and staying up late. Um, but I just want to focus a little bit on rest in that that verse. I think God wants us to come to him and rest. And sometimes for you mothers, maybe you feel very, that you don't get a lot of rest. Um, but God, through his spirit, can give you rest. And the scripture verse that I really liked was um, Isaiah 40, verses 28 to 31. It says, Have you not known... Have you not heard the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth? He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint, and to him who has no might, he increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. But they that wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. And as I read that scripture again, um, I just found that to be such a beautiful scripture. We see here um, where even the most fit among us, the young men will, says, fall down in exhaustion. Even they will not be able to stand. But there's um, such an amazing contrast toward that, the end of that scripture in verse 31. It says, we can have our strength restored and as I was thinking about being restored, that means that our strength probably ran out. Um, and so I'm sure that many of you mothers have that, felt that way at times, where you felt you had no more strength to go on. But God is there to give you strength. And I find that contrast between those two pictures so beautiful, that even the most healthy of young people will be exhausted, but yet those who lean on God can find strength from the Lord. He gives us strength when the going gets tough. Another scripture um, was 2 Corinthians 12, 7 through 10. It's talking about Paul here. It says, And lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of revelation, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan, to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecution, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, 
then am I strong. So here Paul gives us an example of how the power of God can work in our lives despite our weaknesses. You know, this is not an excuse for us to say, that's just my weak area and I can't do anything about it. But it's for us to allow God to work in us despite our weaknesses. It helps us to realize the power of God and the work of the Holy Spirit when we have a weakness in our life and Christ can use us in spite of that. Christ can use that weakness for his honor and for his glory. You know, sometimes we can look at someone else and we can measure ourselves against what they're doing. And especially with our, the way we're connected you know, online today, we can see what a lot of people are doing and we can start to feel like we don't measure up. But maybe God doesn't, you know, he has given you the gifts and talents that he has for a purpose. Maybe that's not your strong suit, but you can allow God to work through you in spite of that. You know, one of the most powerful testimonies is the transforming work of God in someone's life. When God takes a broken, sinful human being and all our weaknesses and changes it into something beautiful. That's when God really... Um, receives glory. So let's allow him to work in our lives in spite of our weaknesses. And then another scripture is 1 Peter 5, 6 through 7. It says, Humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in, t- in due time, casting all your cares upon him for he careth for you. And here's just, you know, sometimes we can feel overwhelmed by the cares and the, the things in life. But God is inviting us to cast all our cares upon him. And I think it's important to note here the connection between verse 6 and 7. Verse 6 talks about humbling ourselves before God, coming under the mighty hand of God. And it takes humility to admit that we can't do it on our own strength. But many times we're too proud to admit we need help and we want to figure it out on our own. But we need to humble ourselves and then God can help us. You know, that's just such a blessing to know that God does care for us. He will gladly hear us if we will call, and he will grant wisdom if we ask. God has promised us those things, and we can trust in his promise. And then the third one, um, third principle I want to look at is stewards of God. And verse 3 through 5 talk about um, children that God has blessed our lives with. And God has given us many gifts, many good gifts, and God tells us that all those things come from Him. God didn't give us those gifts to simply keep to ourselves, but they are for His honor and for His glory. And we see the example in uh, Matthew 25, verses 14 to 30, where He talks about the parable of the talents. He gives these three men, these stewards, He gives them all a different amount of talents, but He expects them to use them wisely and the man who did not use his at all was thrown into eternal punishment. So God has given each one of us talents this morning. And for you mothers, those talents vary. But God has given us those talents to be stewards of them. And for some of you ladies here this morning, that one of those talents is motherhood. And how are we going to use that as a steward of God? The story of Hannah in the book of Samuel is a great example of a mother who had a good perspective on where her blessings came from. She prayed to God for her son Samuel, 
and then she gave him back to the service of God. And the children of Israel benefited greatly from her willingness to dedicate her son to the work of the Lord as he was the prophet there in the nation of Israel. And I just want to think about the word picture in verse 4 as he talks about the arrows, as arrows in the hands of a mighty man. And I imagine getting arrows to shoot in your bow were, were a little bit different than nowadays. Nowadays we just go to the sporting goods store, buy some arrows, uh, put some different points on them maybe, and we're good to go. But back then, they probably had to craft these all by hand. And so as, as you were a hunter or a warrior and you were building your arrow, I'm sure you probably put a lot of time and thought into how you were building that. Especially as a warrior, your life depended on that. And even as a hunter, your life depends on it because you're, you're looking to provide food for yourself and your family. And so there was a lot of dedication and time went into crafting these, these arrows. And I think that's a good reminder for us to think about as we think about our children. Arrows can seem pretty small and insignificant. Um, it might just be a small tree branch that it starts out with. But placed in the right hands, they can become a very effective tool in hunting or a warrior's hand. So just... Um, a challenge to craft our arrows with care. Um, think about um, our quiver as a home that protects these arrows until we're ready to send them on their way. Your home should be a place of safety and protection for these children, for these arrows, if you will. And then send them on their way with careful aim. You know, as many, many of you here, um, you shoot archery, you shoot bows, um, and I don't think you are careless about where you shoot. You take careful aim when you send those arrows on their way. You have a target. You have a goal in mind. And I think that's a, a good challenge for us as parents. To be an accurate archer, you need to be very methodical and deliberate about your shot sequence. And as you do this, um, you can shoot very well and very accurately. And these arrows can be sent over a long distance very accurately. But if there's distractions, that will draw your attention away from your target as well. Um, as I was thinking about that, I heard a archer that was a tournament archer. He was very accurate. He did very well. But as soon as he got into the real world, uh, when there was other things going on, he got distracted and he struggled with his placing his shots well. And so that's how, you know, living in this world, there's a lot of distraction. There's a lot of things that want to pull our attention away from being um, accurate, being um, methodical parents that put a lot of thought into our parenting. We can get consumed with the busyness of the world and we can lose sight of our goal. And then once you release that arrow, it's gone and we can't call it back again. Time with our children, once gone, cannot be recalled. And so we need to be thoughtful about the time we spend with our children. And also, arrows of an archer can be sent in many different directions to accomplish your mission. So I was, I was thinking about that. Um, your children can be sent forth um, for a lot of good, and there can also be um, not so good sometimes. But your influence can be dramatically multiplied through your children. As I thought about that, um, it was just over 41 years ago 
that my parents got married in March of uh, 1981, I think. That's right. <laughs> I have my dates right. 1981, my parents got married. And there was just the two of them. And I'm guessing they probably, you know, at that time it was hard for them to imagine being where they are now. Although I do remember my mom telling us numerous times she wondered what all of her children would be like. And I guess now she knows. <laughs> um, but now instead of two of them around their table, uh, when all of us are there, it's 33. And, you know, that as a young, some of you are very young families, um, you don't have any children in your home, and that can be hard to imagine, that can be hard to wrap your mind around that thought. I remember being in that, that spot, and um, time goes by fast, and you will be there before you know it, and I'm sure you've been told that often. <laughs> um, but I think the, the challenge I want to leave with you in that is to um, you know, think about where you're going today, think about your goals, what foundations you're laying for your future, um, you know, and, and most likely we will never know in this world what impact our lives have had on the people around us. Um, but it's just a challenge for us to be a wise steward of our time and our resources, um, especially as we think of mothers today. So in closing, um, just a few thoughts to, for us to, you know, to remember is, you know, what for foundation are we laying today for our future? Are we building our house together with the Lord? Let's rest in the hands of our caring Father. Let's turn to Him when we um, need wisdom and guidance as we face the difficult situations that will come our way. And then what are we doing as stewards of what He has blessed us with? At this time, we're going to have a short time of prayer. Um, Mel and Lester will be joining me up here. And we're going to um, pray especially for mothers today. Um, Lester will be praying, I'm trying to remember which day I tell you, <laughs> you'll be praying for, thank, thanking God, or no, you'll be praying for the, the young mothers today. Lester will be praying for the young mothers in the busy years. Um, Mel will be praying for the mothers that have children that are not with them anymore, that have lost children as we grieve and, and mourn the children that we have lost. Um, and then I will pray in thanking God for the blessings that our mothers are to us. So, Mel and Lester, if you can come up um, at this time. And then after the prayer, Lester, or uh, Ken, you can lead us in our closing song. So I'll be praying for those of you who are mothers who are working today, each day, in caring for your children. Let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we bow before you just recognizing your blessings to us and to the women here today who are mothers, who are caring for children, who are spending their days uh, meeting the physical and emotional, spiritual needs of the children you have given to them, we lift them up to you. Pray that you might strengthen them. We know that this is demanding work. It requires a lot of energy, a lot of wisdom. And just pray that you would 
enable them, that you would gift them with the, the wisdom and understanding that they need, the physical strength and emotional strength to be a mother to their children, to direct them to follow you and to be able to live in a way that sets an example for them. We also recognize that none of us are perfect. As parents and as mothers, they will fail, they will um, cause hurt, and at times um, misunderstand and, and fail in, in meeting the needs of their children. Just pray that you would sustain them, that you would give them grace, that they will be humble enough to recognize their need of you and to show their children how to depend upon you as well. Just pray that each one of them would be able to follow you faithfully and look to you as their Heavenly Father to know how to care for their children. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Dear God, I thank you too this morning for the many mothers that are here. Thank you for your calling on their lives. And Father, at times like this, our hearts go out to the mothers who lost children, miscarriages, deaths. And we pray your grace on each of them. Father, your word tells us that at the moment of conception, that being becomes a person, a soul, a person that you recognize. So we pray pray that your grace be upon each of these mothers, these parents, who have lost a child to you. Thank you, Father, for the, the way you have formed us in the womb, called us to be yours. And so we, we pray your continued blessing on these mothers. Thank you especially for the grace that you have given us. And Father, may each of us continue to um, realize and recognize that this this fact that uh, it's at a time like this when you really do uh, draw us near to you. So we pray your continued grace and blessing on especially on each of these mothers. Thank you in Jesus' name. Dear Father in heaven, this morning I feel very blessed to be in a group of godly mothers like this. Thank you for the great examples they are to all of us. I just pray you would bless them, bless the grandmothers who also have been a blessing to each one of our lives, and I just pray that you would continue to guide each mother here today, help them to find grace in you, and just bless them for all the work they have done in each one of our lives. I just pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Stand together and sing number 416 in the uh, Song of Faith and Praise. 